Hello, I'm Tom Moan, and today I'm beginning an old and yet continuing adventure. In 1968, my family and I returned to Tulsa, where I became the general manager of KORUFM and Oral Roberts, radio announcer. At that time, from 1968 until March of 71, I had a daily program entitled Good Morning Brother Pilgrim. And now after 50 years, I'm resurrecting it with a new title, Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim. And a pilgrim is a person who's on a journey, and in this case, a journey of the kingdom of God on earth as Jesus prayed. So I hope you'll join me as we look into the past, the present, and the future. This is the Good Morning Fellow Pilgrim podcast with Tom Moan for February 17th, 2020. Well, hello, and once again, good morning, fellow pilgrim. What a delight to be with you this morning. Going to to do something a little bit different today. I'd like to take some time. People over the years have asked me uh, what kind of devotionals I read, and I've read several over the years, and they've been very meaningful and helpful in terms of their dailiness. And uh, the dailiness is is the thing that's been so important for following the Lord Jesus. He's always now. He's always daily. So when I read daily devotionals, that word daily means more than just the the title of a book or a a, uh, daily gospel thing. It's, It's very, very meaningful. So I'm going to give you a couple of excerpts from uh, several that I've read over the years that may be an encouragement to you. The first one is one that people have read for literally decades, and it's called My Utmost for His Highest, who uh, Richard Halverson, who had been a former chaplain at the United States Senate, wrote this about it. He said, No book except the Bible has influenced my walk with Christ at such a deep and maturing level. And uh, the copies, it says, the book you hold in your hands has been used by millions of people. Oswald Chambers died at a very young age. Some you may or may not know that. And uh, his wife uh, is the one who, after his death, put together all of these little devotionals that he had done when he had been in Egypt. So again, one of the first ones that I would say to you that is a blessed daily devotional is my utmost for his highest. The second one is a relatively new one, and it's entitled New Morning Mercies, a daily gospel devotional. And the day that I'm recording today, I'm going to just read today's devotional to you so you'll get a kind of an idea of uh, the way that he writes. Uh, Some days he writes things almost poetically. Other days he writes, uh, oh, just kind of lists. But it's very, very helpful. And it's entitled, New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. And here's just two examples of the kind of things that he uses devotionally. This is for for February 15th, just as an example. He enters uh, this at the beginning. Tear up your list and throw it away. What God has planned for you is better than anything 
you've dreamed of for yourself. And then he has just these little sentences. It is the big delusion, the height of arrogance, the seductive trap, the big dark danger. It leads nowhere. Good. Its destiny is death. It sat in the corner of the disaster in the garden. It propelled the sad rebellion of Adam and Eve. It tempts us all again and again in situation after situation, location after location, relationship after relationship. We fall into thinking what multitudes of our lost forefathers thought. We buy into this one fateful thought that perhaps we're smarter than God, that maybe our way is better than His way. Only grace can deliver the deluded from the danger that they are to themselves. Then he encourages reading Psalm 14. It's an interesting devotional, and I think that you would enjoy it. Once again, it's called New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp, and it's published by Crossway. A second one that I've used for a couple of years is really the second in a series, and it's by uh, the author of Jesus Calling, Sarah Young, a daily devotional, in which she speaks in first person to you, and she talks about why she began to write it, and etc. And I want to read just one of the devotions I'm picking on February 13th, and this is the way she writes her devotional. In my presence there is fullness of joy. As you peer into my presence, remembering who I am in all my power and glory, ponder also my eternal commitment to you. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate you from me. Your relationship with me has been rock-solid secure ever since you confessed your sinfulness and received my forgiveness. You are my beloved in whom I delight. This is your permanent identity. You can find joy even in this broken world because I have set eternity in your heart. Spend time refreshing yourself in my presence where you can relax and learn to delight yourself in me above all else. As the love bonds between us grow stronger, so does your desire to help others enjoy this amazing life you have found in me. When your love for me overflows into other people's lives, there's abundant joy both in heaven and on earth. As you go along this path of life, I will lead you, and I'll bless you with pleasures evermore. And then at the bottom of every page are several scriptures. The thing about this is it's first person, Jesus speaking directly to you, and many people have had problems with that. I want to read something from, I'm trying to remember just when it was. I've got the magazine in my hand here. I'm looking at the front of it. It's from Christianity Today in October of 2013. So it's several years ago that they wrote about this. And there was a comment in it that I feel I ought to pass on. Here's the comment on page 42, Christianity Today. It could be that Young is the recipient of this particular gift, 
But the reassuring words of Jesus' calling, or the one that I just read from, Jesus always, which is the second one, doesn't seem that revelatory. Young's writings are nothing more than she could have gotten from just reading the New Testament. This is what somebody said. One person said, Young's emphasis on each reader's personal, private relationship with God is well-intentioned, but the practice could be dangerous because God has not promised to speak to Christians individually. And as a result, this person says, Christians should be concerned about the book on two different levels, in terms of both the method she uses and the content. I just wanted to read that to you, because I don't believe that's correct. The person said, here's the criticism. Her emphasis on each reader's personal, private relationship with Christ is well-intentioned, but the practice could be dangerous because God has not promised to speak to Christians individually. That I just do not believe. But I wanted to put that in. And oftentimes you'll hear me refer to a text that has been life-saving for me from John chapter 5, verses 39 and 40, where John says to his disciples, you search the scriptures, for in them you hope to find eternal life. And it is they that speak of me, that you won't come to me, that you might have life. And I've always had problems over the years with people who've made the Bible almost an idol because they put it before the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God. So I go along with Sarah Young and say, you know, I think it's a good thing for us to hear those words coming to us Yes, out of the New Testament. Yes, out of the promises. But in the first person, I find it very helpful. The last one that I I want to share is from a brand new book called The Vision. And it's written, uh, published by Broad Street. And it's written by the same man who has done the uh, Passion Translation, Brian Semmings. Uh, Simmons, rather, and it's called The Vision. And I wanted to read his little devotional for this day as another uh, encouragement for you. It's called, again, The Vision, 365 Days of Life-Giving Words from the Prophet Isaiah. I can hardly wait until the whole translation of the Passion comes out. They've done the New Testament Psalms and Proverbs And I now know that they're working on the final portions. But I want to read February 13th from this devotional that can be such a blessing to you. You are filled in order to pour out. On all my holy mountain of Zion, nothing evil or harmful will be found. For the earth will be filled with the intimate knowledge of the Lord Yahweh, just as water swells the sea. Isaiah 11, verse 9. Then he writes this, Zion can be known as more than a location. It is a realm where God is enthroned. Zion is a synonym for the people of God and the dwelling place of His Spirit. We are Zion. We are a vital part of His plan. 
a plan to fill the earth with the glory that abides within us. We are meant to release hope to the people we meet each day. As we walk in sacred intimacy with the Lord, we are able to release the reality of His kingdom everywhere we go. We are carriers of His glory, called to discover His heart and plan for the world around us in order to help bring it to pass. Yes, this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving God is able to sovereignly flood our streets and nations with His glory. And in time, He will do just that. But right now, He has given us the honor of releasing Him into every situation. When I did the roundtable with my sons, we talked again and again about the dailiness of living out of the kingdom life that's always now. He adds a little prayer at the end of it. Father, thank you for the joy of knowing you, for the honor of learning or leaning in to hear your secrets. Of learn, I didn't say that correctly. Let me say it again. Father, I thank you for the joy of knowing you, for the honor of leaning in to hear your secrets. I long to know your heart and discover your will for those I meet. Thank you for choosing me to carry your glory. But most of all, thank you for the intimacy we share. I just love that. So those are a couple of devotions that have been very meaningful and continue to be over the years. I want to close this section by just talking about two little books that have been a blessing to me ever since I became a Christian. In fact, this one is called The Christian Secret of a Happy Life by Hannah Whitehall Smith. And uh, it's a, a beautiful little book that I've been through many, many times. I've got almost every page underscored in something but I would recommend it to you as a time to sit back and read. Some of the things she shares in there are just absolutely marvelous. I can re remember one time when she was talking about forgiveness and just the examples that she used in that portion were very, very meaningful. Her, her, I, I love one thing that she said. She said, each time you, you say this sentence, emphasize a different word. Jesus saves me now. It is he. Jesus saves me now. It is his work to save. Jesus saves me now. I am the one to be saved. Jesus saves me now. He's doing it every moment. I just love the simplicity of once again, The Christian Secret of a Happy Life, Hannah Whitehall Smith. And then I want to close this podcast by reading from two portions of many of the books of uh, C.S. Lewis. If you have never read C.S. Lewis, I would anything he's ever written, please find a time to read. But I want to read two sections from Mere Christianity, which have been so vital in helping me just understanding my faith and growing in my faith. He talks about two things I want. He talks about enemy-occupied territory. 
That is what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say landed in disguise and is calling us all to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. When you go to church, you are really listening in to the secret wireless from our friends. That is why the enemy is so anxious to prevent us from going. He does it by playing on our conceit and laziness and intellectual snobbery. I know someone will ask me, do you really mean at this time of day to reintroduce our old friend the devil, hoofs and horns and all? Well, what the time of day has to do with it, I do not know. And I am not particular about the hooves and the horns. But in other respects, my answer is yes, I do. I do not claim to know anything about his personal appearance. If anyone really wants to know him better, I would say to that person, don't worry. If you really really want to, you will. Whether you like it when you do is another question. I love that because so much of the theology that I was born and raised with would laugh at a concept that there is an evil, demonic kind of person. Let's say that that's fairy tale-ish. Well, it isn't. There is an enemy. And then one last portion from the mere Christianity. It's in his chapter entitled, What Christians Believe. And he ends by saying this. People often say about Jesus, I'm ready to accept him as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said all the sorts of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he's a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or or else he's a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Well, I hope this little daily diversion fellow pilgrims is helpful some devotionals that have meant so much to me over the years almost 60 now since we came to know the lord by his mercy and grace and these two portions just a couple of books from hannah whitehall smith and c.s lewis and the other devotionals i pray can be of use by the holy spirit and keeping you encouraged daily to walk with him always now, for our Lord is always now. May the Lord bless you. Amen and amen. This podcast is available for free download in iTunes and at moanministriesbookstore.com. Sarah Rahm's album, Days of Rain, is available on iTunes and most streaming platforms.